0: or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Naz is a startup launch expert, a diversity equity and inclusion strategist and founder of The Mind Designer. She helps founders develop authentic leadership skills so they can create inclusive and innovative workplaces. And I know integrated in all of this work are lots of opportunities for bravery. Naz, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: We are thrilled that you are here, and I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about your background, what you're doing today, and how you are currently interacting in the marketplace.
1: Yeah, so my background is, a big part of my identity is the fact that I was an immigrant to the U.S. I moved to, uh, to the U.S. from Brazil at a very young age, and that really, again, informed my identity and sort of how I looked at the world. And you know, obviously, when I entered into the workforce, I—that was definitely not what I was looking to make like a big part of of my work. But it just so happened that I went into tech, and I was very much a part of like, the startup uh, environment in Silicon Beach, and so. Through that experience, I kept meeting more and more people who sort of had feelings like I had, those feelings of imposter syndrome and feelings like, like they didn't really quite belong where they were and sort of looking around in the industry and seeing that, hey, there's not a lot of folks that look like me, especially folks that look like me in leadership. And so that really got me thinking and trying to understand how could I be a bigger part of making people like me or folks with a similar background or even folks of color in general feel more a bigger sense of belonging in the workplace and just you know that's again that got me thinking like how can i show up here and in, in this in this in this industry in a way that's going to elevate folks of color and uh, folks in the marginalized communities in general and that's how i got into diversity equity and inclusion consulting and strategy And, you know, I had people take me under their wing to really show me the ropes and see, like, these are the kinds of things that we need to be doing. These are the kinds of work that we need to be doing in order to improve diversity and equity and belonging with large orgs. And, you know, again, through that work, I kept growing and growing. And now I'm at a space where I really feel that you know, one of the biggest obstacles, like I said before, is the fact that there's there's a lack of uh, people of color in leadership and lack of folks from marginalized communities in leadership. And so my work that I do now with the Mind Designer really is focused on reaching as many folks in marginalized community as I possibly can to help guide them through the process of really flourishing as leaders, whether that's a founder of a startup or that's you know an executive within a larger org and so the work that i do is largely based on workshops. I do individual coaching as well. Definitely do consulting for larger orgs. But where my heart really is, is again, doing these workshops where I reach folks where they're at and get them through these these sort of limiting beliefs and these fears that come up a lot when they're going through the process of launching their first business or growing their first business as a person coming from a marginalized background.
0: Well, this topic of social awareness and social Sophistication, I guess, for lack of a better term, is certainly very noticeable these days. And you know, I'd be interested to hear a little bit more, Naz, about you know this concept of finding your identity or forming your identity. You mentioned you know moving from Brazil to the U.S. Uh, required you to to think about that, and I, I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about what you mean by that.
1: Yeah, I mean, in my case specifically, it was very stark, right? So when I moved to the U.S., I it was the very first time in my life where I've been asked what my race was. So it was the first time I had to tick a box and really – look inward and go, well, what does this really mean that I ticked Xbox and have other people around me then start telling me that I was brown? You know, I hadn't really had to live with that reality coming from Brazil, where we obviously have our own issues for sure, things like colorism, et cetera. But really for me, that was that first space where I saw how important it was for people in the US specifically to have that clear definition of who they were. And then for folks who didn't have that clear definition, how difficult it was for them to navigate through the world And so finding I think that there was a time and I think we in some ways we are still in that time where, you know, a lot of people felt they had to really dampen parts of their identity or even change or, you know, otherwise hide parts of their identities so that they could accomplish, you know, a career growth so that they could get funding for their startup so that they could do X number of things that they felt really they couldn't do were they to really broadcast who they were fully, right? And so a big part of my work is helping people who maybe have had those experiences become more comfortable with who they are, allow them to see how important it is for them to become those representatives so that other folks can then look at them and go, okay, well, they can do it, so can I. And then exploring other ways that their identity can actually be advantages, right? So there's so many wonderful things and so many incredible ideas that come from spaces where, you know, your identity is in the spotlight, right? So there are so many, I've met so many women and women of color who have founded so many incredible businesses that, you know, somebody from a completely different background would never even have thought of, right? So because they grew up with their personal experience, their specific personal experience, they are the only ones that could have come up with that business and solve that solution, solve that problem that for a lot of folks... Around them, you know, they couldn't figure out a way to solve that problem. So, again, it's like finding, figuring out ways where you can find comfort with showing up fully and then trying to find advantages to, you know, tapping into your identity and and overall just being comfortable with who you are and finding again, like you said in my intro, finding ways to create forms of authentic leadership so meaning i don't want to assimilate or or change who i am in order to be you know a leader that's very stereotypical i really want to figure out how what's what's great about the way that I speak? What's great about my past experiences? What's great about my background or my, you know, my different identities that I can bring into how I lead others that I can bring into how I come up with solutions for my, for my startup that I can bring into ideating around what other business I should be launching. That will that would be, that will attract folks like me that will attract other folks that are interested in coming up with innovative solutions that will make others feel included. Um, so that's really, that's really what I mean when I talk about, um, you know, identity and bringing that self that full self to, to your leadership position.
0: And as a person who was born in the U S and has only ever lived in the U S and this may sound a little naive, but in Brazil, for example, you don't have racial categories.
1: We no, i like we might, but I, I have never, I had never encountered, like as a child having to matriculate yourself in school and have to answer that your race. To me, it just was so foreign, and I didn't quite understand the relevancy of it. I kind of do now in my work. I do want to know. I am very interested in demographics so that I can then figure out where are the gaps, who is missing in leadership, etc. But yeah, it was very shocking for me as a kid to have to really categorize myself in that way where I had never even had to think about that. I interacted with folks from all different backgrounds and no one had ever either had either named that, you know, we were all different, or had made us categorize ourselves. So for me, that was very different.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think in the United States of America, we maybe overemphasize Racial categories. Uh, it's not on every form that you fill out, but certainly on most forms or many forms, you have to I, you have to know and identify your race. And you know, for efforts of completing whatever it is that you're attempting to complete, and to the degree that we think a lot about it culturally, we think a lot about what race is that person. And you know, to your point, I think it's highly irrelevant in the great scheme of things as to what race you are. Unless there's some technical or legal reason we need to know what it might be, but you know, I think as a culture we have spent too much time focusing on where someone is from, or what race they are, that complicates life and complicates relationships.
1: <laughs> we certainly do focus on that, and I think it also complicates like people who come from mixed backgrounds' lives too. They, they, I hear from so many folks like the level of anxiety that they have to sort of face daily to even fit in either group and they never feel enough of one and enough of the other or too much of one or too much of the other when they're in the other space. So it's just it's very complicated for folks. And like I said, you know, there's definitely a value, especially in the work that I do, knowing you know, okay. See, I see here a lack of representation in this space. So I see that, hey, you know, women and women of color are definitely disproportionately underfunded when it comes to startups, and that's valuable information to have. But yes, like it would be great if we didn't have to be focusing on that so much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it would, uh, it would be great. And yet, I think that when I uh, process ethnicity and racial what's the word I want to use, development, right, in people. You know, this is an area where bravery, I think, tends to merge, right? That when we talk about race, we talk about ethnicity, we talk about sexuality, right? We talk about this personal identifiers of people. To talk about it oftentimes with others or to be curious about it with others requires, I think, a sense of bravery. When you have integrated in the U.S. and you now live here, You know, is this something that you have dealt with? Have you found yourself needing bravery in order to even talk about or navigate the ways that we operate our culture in the U.S.?
1: Every day, every day, I feel like <laughs> I'm walking into some space where, you know, I might throw a curveball at people, and they just don't know how to how to respond. Or even I'm throwing a curveball by clients, and I go, okay, how am I gonna how am I gonna push through this? So yeah, definitely, this work requires a lot of bravery, specifically because we're speaking a different language, right? I think post-pandemic and post a lot of that so the the racial unrest in the U.S. in 2020 folks in 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 the area of work that i do with diversity equity and belonging we've seen a shift in language whereas before we had to be very coded we have to be very careful with how we spoke about race or how we spoke about disparities i feel like now there's a, a a bigger level of comfort i think folks understand a little bit that it's okay to say certain things you know i feel like prior to 2020 it, I could have never gone into a large organization and spoken about doing an anti-racism workshop or or series of workshops. Whereas now, like we hear that term every day. So it's become a little bit less loaded. But yes, this work requires a lot of bravery and it requires a lot of bravery from my clients as well. It requires a lot of bravery for people to come forward and say, hey, these are identities that I felt really uncomfortable bringing to work or these identities that... I thought I could bring into work. And then all of a sudden, I see that it's holding me back. The fact that I chose to share who I am fully. And so I often have to work with people to navigate through very uncomfortable spaces. And where I have a lot of passion and the work that I do is where I work with individuals who are looking to launch their first startups, who are looking to be the first, right? The first in their family to ever be an entrepreneur or the first in their family to ever have larger ambitions. And so I love working with folks like that because, you know, they often remind me of myself. You know, I, I was definitely a first in a lot of ways for my family. Definitely the first to do this kind of work and the first to to educate myself in these disparities and, and really the first to go through a lot of failures and then have to come out the other side. So. Every day, I feel like there's there's bravery that I have to that I have to model. But also, I just again working with with these folks that I do who are doing things for the very first time. I mean, I'm so humbled by the amount of bravery that I see. I, you know, I work w- with a lot of like women of color, and they're coming to me to launch their first business fr- with you know no experience in necessarily the, the the markets where they're trying to jump into but they certainly have the need they see that hey there is this product does not exist i may not know how to create a product and put it into production and push it out there into the world but i know that this is something that's needed and so like to go from that space of not having anybody in your family who's ever done anything like that and deciding then that's what you're going to do i mean i there's nothing braver than that
0: Well, I think of everything that you just said, the thing that resonates most with me is this feeling of every day I have to do something that either surprises me or surprises others. You know, and I would share with you that I'm a white male. I've been raised white and I've been on somewhat of a racial journey over the last two to three years to further understand how I was raised, how I operate in the world, to get to know people of other racial ethnicities better. It's very hard to do as a white male to find these opportunities to do it. I know these opportunities are out there, but it's, uh, it's very, very hard to do to the degree that, you know, as somebody who wants to learn more and kind of be braver, it's really hard to balance bravery with, and the only word I can think of on the experiences that I have had is balancing bravery with stupidity like I should really know this or know how to say this or know how to ask this question, and I don't. I just don't know how to ask a question of somebody of a di- different ethnicity or a different sexuality about their upbringing or their experiences. And it's it's so different for people who are white, who live in the United States of America than people like yourself who are people of co- color who feel that experience things that are challenging or difficult or require bravery almost every day.
1: Yes. And thank you for for voicing all that. And thank you for sharing. I mean, you're not wrong. Like I said, I work with folks from all different backgrounds and the, the folks who are really putting themselves out there and being brave and saying, I don't know how to ask this question. I don't know how to approach this situation. Yet here I am. Like, I applaud you. It is difficult, and it sometimes it feels like there's never a right way to do it. Sometimes it feels like we're constantly making mistakes, and we're constantly at the risk of others going, I don't like what you just said, and yet to keep doing that work is so important.
0: It is important, and I echo that perspective that sometimes you don't know how to ask the question, and I think it's a great thing to say, which is, hey, I want to ask you a question. I really don't know how to ask it. I hope it comes out correctly. (laughs) I'm not trying to offend anyone, but here's what I'm thinking or experiencing or observing. And I'd love your thoughts or opinions or experiences with it. And I have always found that, especially when I'm speaking with somebody who uh, racially is different than I am, that their answers are always fascinating, that their experiences or their observations or the life they've led is so different than the life I've led. And I just don't mean ethnically, but just, Interactively, just the life they've had, how they feel when they go into a store versus how I might feel when I go in a store, Uh, just day to day type behaviors and experiences that they have are so dramatically different.
1: Mm -hmm. it's it truly is fascinating and yet through those experiences again i see day in day out the amazing ideas that come from people and the amazing solutions that people have right for for helping others through similar issues and and, uh, coming up with just really innovative ways for moving beyond some of the things that they've gone through
0: so naz tell me about just quickly the mind designer what does that name mean and you know what uh what would people find if, for example, they go to your website?
1: Sure, yeah. The name of my business is the Mind Designer, and yet I am not the Mind Designer. <laughs> my clients are the Mind You're Designer. Not? No, the my clients are, I really consider them the Mind Designers of their of their own new mindset. You know where I where I really come in is just as a guide. Um, I'm really passionate about guiding folks from. Where they are, where it might be a space of insecurity, of uncertainty, of thinking that they're not enough, or of thinking that they don't know enough, or that they don't have enough experience, to really finding that that powerful, authentic leader within themselves so that they can do the things that they really want to do in the sense of entrepreneurship, right? I'm really passionate about getting new cool innovative ideas out into the world through helping my clients again redesign their mindsets but also giving them tactical practical guidance on on launching. So I think, you know, the work that I offer is perfectly balanced. So of like, here's the tactical, here's how you're going to launch your startup, but also if fear of failure, if imposter syndrome, if fear of exposure comes up, I'm here for you also and I know how to guide you through that. So where folks can find me is, you know, I'm the Mind Designer everywhere, but they can find me at theminddesignerworkshop.com, where I constantly am running cool, poignant, innovative, tactical workshops where folks from all backgrounds can join so that they can, again, surpass or overcome those limiting beliefs and find tactical, practical ways to, to launch and grow their businesses.
0: Fantastic. So once again, the website is TheMindDesignerWorkshop.com. Awesome. Fantastic. Naz, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your thoughts and observations about bravery at work.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was great.
0: And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at capitrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book Drive Your Career: 9 High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.